for downloading this podcast from the Freedom Centre Church in Preston. So uh, let's just read a few verses from Matthew chapter 6 and verses that uh, we've looked at before, but we'll use it as a base for what we're going to particularly look at this morning. Matthew chapter 6, verse 6. Jesus has just been speaking about the hypocrites when they pray. They love to make sure everybody knows that they pray. But he says, but you, talking to the disciples, talking to the believers, talking to us, but you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you've shut the door, the door, pray to your Father who's in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, don't use vain repetitions as the heathen do, For they think they'll be heard by their many words. Therefore, don't be like them, for your father knows the things that you need of that you need of before you ask him. In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be actually, wouldn't it be good to say that this morning, all of us? Uh, just it's up on the screen, isn't it? Yeah. Let's say it together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So if you haven't prayed this morning, you've now prayed. <laughs> you've, now, you've now prayed. Um, and then some verses from chapter 26 in Matthew. Uh, Matthew chapter 26. If again I can uh, find them. Verses 40 to 41. Then he came to the disciples. He's in the garden. He comes to the disciples and he found them sleeping. And they said to Peter, what? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And all God's people said, <laughs> that was a big amen for you guys, wasn't it? The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Coming this Friday night and Saturday morning, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is uh, weak. But our spirit will overcome our flesh. I believe the call to prayer is not something particularly from Sue or I or the vision team or pastoral team. But I believe it's from God himself for us. And he says, if my people will humble themselves and pray, then something's going to happen. There is a, a call to prayer, I believe, right across the world. Uh, Dale Gentry uh, who has, uh, for many, many decades, has devoted himself to prayer, says there's three levels of prayer. There's the desire level, there's the discipline level, and there's the delight level. <laughs> uh, you need desire to start. And that's our job as a church, as pastors, as believers, to help create the desire for us to pray. If you have no desire then you ain't going to begin. But it's discipline that will keep you going once you have started. And discipline's not a popular word these days. But if you're going to ever achieve anything in life, you're going to have to be a disciplined person. 
So discipline is important, and we have to get ourselves some discipline to keep on the journey, whatever that journey is, particularly in prayer. But if you will go through desire and you will continue to be disciplined, then you will come to what Dale Gentry calls the delight level. The delight level, when it becomes a delight to pray. It's just second nature. It's a conversation. It's a particular place at a particular time, but it's all day 24-7. So this coming Friday and into Saturday, we're committing ourselves to pray for one single hour. And I thought it would be good this morning to try and help and guide you in ways that you can plan and prepare to do that single hour. Because Susan said, rather glaringly, an hour goes very quick, and it's easy. (laughs) It's easy to say. But for some people to sit down in a chair and say, right, I'm going to pray for the next hour, and they give it a full 30 seconds, and then they say, right, where do I go from from there? Uh, And so uh, for all the names that are there, and and the gaps, there's very few gaps, which is great, and we're going to be adding some names to that, which should be wonderful. But before we start to give God that hour, I thought it'd be good to just help you plan and prepare to do that hour and what you can do within that hour uh, and maybe even persuade you to start to give God an hour each day in the long term, not just say, well, I've done that hour and that's it, uh, but actually continue and become a prayer partner with God, uh, a lifelong conversation with God, because an hour... And this is why I wanted to talk to you about it. An hour can be a long time. In a world of soundbites and 40 characters on Twitter and short messages on Facebook and pictures on Instagram, a whole hour can seem like an eternity to a generation that they tell me has a very short attention span. I read somewhere, and I think it was Microsoft, actually, who said that the average attention span... <laughs> of a human being is eight seconds. Why I'm laughing is they decided that a goldfish was nine seconds. <laughs> that, doesn't aug- that doesn't augur well. Susan will say to me, are you listening to me? No, my eight seconds have gone. <laughs> uh, some people say it's 14 minutes. Some people say it's six minutes. Uh, some people say uh, it depends if we're interested in the subject, uh, which is, I would think is true. But the word eternity, uh, when I mentioned eternity, reminds us that the God that we're going to spend one hour with this coming week, or the God that we spend maybe an hour with each day, or however much longer, is the same God that you're going to spend the whole of eternity with. The whole of eternity. So shouldn't we get acquainted here rather than wait till there? So because, why? Because we want his kingdom to come here and not just there. So as you spend time with the king, you know what happens. His kingdom comes and his will is done. So let me take you through practically an hour in the company of our God. Now, this, let me just say, first and foremost, everyone's got a different way of doing it. Every, this is just my suggestion, okay? Uh, you might be totally different, and that's great. But for those of you who think, an hour, what am I going to do for an hour? 
I got in that prayer room for an hour and I look at the walls, I look at the ceiling, I look at the cushions and I ask them to bless mom and dad, the grand and grandpa, children, the church and whatever else. What, what, then what? You know. So let me take you through an hour and uh, we'll go through this and God, I know God's going to speak to some folks here. First of all, my suggestion, come into his presence with praise. Come into his presence worshipping him. And I would say about 15 minutes for that. So you can have some music. If you're a singer, you can sing. You just get a hymn book, read the words, listen to his music. But most of all, worship and praise him. Whether you're in tune (laughs) or whether, like me, you're out of tune, come into his presence with praise, his word says. And there's a reason for that. The reason that we worship and we praise on a Sunday morning, because we're coming into his presence with thanksgiving. We don't just stumble in, ah, it's me, I'm here, with my muddy boots on, and I've got five minutes, well, pastor says an hour, so I'm going to give you an hour, right, so, no, we come in and we praise him. It's our duty to praise him, but it should also be our delight. People who don't like praise who don't like worship, in a sense, they worry me. Because somewhere deep within a Christian, we should have praise rising up within us. Our flesh may say, no, I don't want to praise. But there should be something in our being, something in our spirit that says, yes, I want to praise my God. The problem is, often we worship false gods. You say, our nation worships false gods, but Christians worship false gods sometimes. And sometimes we've got to get the false god off of the throne and get the real God, Jehovah God, onto the throne. What false gods can Christians have? Well, I wrote down just a few. There can be money, there can be cars, there can be women, there can be men, there can be kids, there could be careers, there could be holidays. It could even be your ministry. That can be a false God, that somewhere during the week, somewhere during the last month, the last year, you have put that false God onto the throne, and now you've begun to slave that false God. You've begun to worship that false God. And so, in your praise and your worship, what are you doing? You're making sure all the false gods are getting on their way, and you're putting God on his throne in that hour in your Life. You're not singing songs, you're worshipping. You're worshipping the God that's made it possible for you to sing. In tune, out of tune, he's not really bothered. Praise God. So begin firstly with praise and with worship. Secondly, I would say, come into his presence with confession. And when I say confessing to God, I don't mean just getting rid of stuff that's on your chest and stuff that you think, I've blown it again, I need to get rid of this. That does need to happen. The, the, The very Lord's Prayer tells us to forgive our debts as we forgive our debtors. You know what you're not, and so does God. So get it on the table, tell him. Be honest. If you can't be honest with God, who are you going to be honest with? So be real. Tell him. Confess to him. But confession for me, and I suggest would be good for you, is much bigger than just confessing all my negatives and all the stuff that I've done or not done. 
It's, it's, it's much more than that. It's confessing and, and accentuating the positive things. Truth. So have a time of positive confession in this hour, this Friday, this Saturday. Confess who you are in Christ. Statements and confessions like these. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm the first and not the last. I'm above and not beneath. I'm going over. I'm not going under. I'm crossing over to the other side. These are one or two from Dale Gentry. If God be for me, who can be against me? Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. I choose to win today. The joy of my Lord, joy of the Lord is my strength today, this hour. I'm blessed today. I will be a blessing today. I will give his peace away, his shalom to other people today. I'm going to be a winner today. I can have anything that God says I can have. Goodness and mercy, we were singing earlier, will follow me all the days of my life. No good thing will God withhold from me today. You need to confess these things, you see. It changes your prayer hour. My steps are going to be ordered by the Lord today. Favor today, blessings today, grace today. Undeserved favor is coming to me today. My nation is going to be coming back to God today. My family will grow in the things of God today. Everything I touch today will prosper. See, that's much more than just, well, that makes me feel a little bit better. It's positive confession, so yeah, it'll get some endorphins going. You're you're stating biblical truth. And so when you do that, when you state biblical truth, you get into agreement with God. You understand? So you're saying what he's saying. And then you know you're winning. Because the problem with most Christians is we say what we think. But when you start saying what he thinks, then you're getting into agreement. And when you get into agreement, something supernatural happens in your life. So we begin to declare all that God wants you to have, all that he wants your family to have, all he wants your grandchildren to have, all he wants your business to have, all he wants your career to have. You declare all this stuff that he wants for you. There's no more powerful prayer partner than God. And we have the privilege of coming into his presence with worship and then getting rid of baggage and stuff, but also getting into agreement with these sort of declarations and confessing them. So we do that, I would say. I think I gave 10 minutes for that. Third time slot, I would say about 15 minutes. (laughs) Please don't sit with a stopwatch, you know, when you're... (laughs) when you're doing this. (laughs) I would say about 15 minutes, give us this day our daily bread. Lord, I need some stuff. I need some things, things that are important to me. And will we come into agreement with him? And we ask him for what he wants to give us. And we tell him what we feel we need. Lord, we need some manna from heaven. I'll go and collect it, but you need to send it supernaturally. I'll do my work if you'll do your work. Because he wants to bless you. He wants to give to you. He wants the very best for you. Never never be reticent in taking God's best. And never apologize to other Christians when he gives you the best. Some people need to hear that. It would not bother me one jot if one of you drove down that street with a Bentley one Sunday. And shouted to me, isn't God good, Jack? I go, amen. 
Amen. It'll be me next week. <laughs> you understand? You never apologize. If God has given you, why would you apologize? It's like he gives you the manna for heaven, and you go around saying, I'm sorry I've got this manna. I'm very sorry. I apologize. God gave me it. I don't know why he gave me it. No, God's given you it. And he doesn't want you to miss out on what he has for you. Now, you might be given a mini. You might be given a Bentley. It's not, it's not the metal that you're driving. It's the very fact if God gives you it, it's yours. He can turn water into wine. Oh, this wine. Why am I drinking this wine? I'd rather have the water. You understand? No, he, if he does something for you, he wants you to have it. He says, Ask. Just ask. Just ask. I like how Jesus said, Our Father. He didn't say, My Father. <laughs> he said, Our Father. If he said, Father, and then kicked off the Lord's Prayer, I'd think, Well, I'm not really involved in that. But he says, Our Father. So when you pray, say, Our Father, which is wonderful. So he's a father who can answer any prayer, not because he's got it, but because he is it. Not because he has it, because he is it. Let me explain what that is. God is not a God with a stock of things ready to give us. Just think of a warehouse, okay? He's not a God with a stock of money, a stock of cars, a stock of houses, whatever it is. He's not lying there or sitting there or standing there with a stock, a stock of money, a stock of favors, a stock of healings, a stock of justice, a stock of provision. No, he, he doesn't have a stock. He is these things. Not because he has it, because he is it. There's no stock because stocks run out. Stocks run dry. No, he is these needs that you have. So I wrote down some things. If you need direction, you call on Jehovah Rohi. Because he is my shepherd and my direction. That's part of his name. That's who he is. If you need provision, we all know this one, don't we? He is Jehovah Jireh. <laughs> yeah, see, we know that one, don't we? He's our provider. If you need healing, he's Jehovah Rufi. He is, why? Because he is my healer. Not because he's got some healing that I might give you, I might not give you. No, he is that. So when you call upon his name, if you need peace, you call upon Jehovah Shalom. If you need him to be near you, you call him to be Jehovah Shammah. If you need a rock to stand on, he's Jehovah Sally. I don't know how you pronounce that. If you need a shield from the onslaughts of life, he's Jehovah Mahin. If you need him to be and feel close to you, he's Jehovah Emmanuel, God with us. Call him by his name. Don't say, if you've got any spare cash, Lord, I need it. No, he is it. He's your provider. Call upon his name. Don't call upon his stock. Remind him who he is. You'll like that. If you tell him who he is, God, you say you're Jehovah Jireh, and I need some provision. So I'm calling on you, Jehovah Jireh. Let me read some verses to you. Matthew 7, uh, verses 7 to 11. They're not on the screen, I don't think. And it says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who will ask, 
receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. Or what man is there among you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? God's got a sense of humor. Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your kids, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? But often we come to God like the salesman who asks for the order and he's never cultivated any relationship with the client. I've tried that a few times and basically you're shown the door. We don't show him that we love him. We don't show that we praise him or we worship him or we want to be in a relationship with him. We come to him like a bandit, like a robber, and give me this and and give me that and I'm desperate and I, I supply my need and gratify me. And God doesn't operate like that because God operates in a relationship. God won't you, forgive my words here, he won't let you rape him. You understand? He won't just let you take. He wants a love relationship with you. So what did he do in the Garden of Eden? He walked in the cool of the day in the garden and communed with Adam and Eve, and he wants to do the same with you. And he'll do that in that hour, or many hours. So we can ask him for things, but in a loving relationship. So we can ask for a bigger and better facility for the church. We can pray for an increase of funds, both personally and corporately. We can ask for workers to bring in the harvest. We can pray for revival. We can pray for our marriages. We can pray for our kids and our tots and our youth. We can pray for the vision team. We can pray for those who are in healing of diseases. We can pray for the pastors. We can pray for Sue and I. All of those things we can do as we spend that 15 minutes, give us this day our daily bread. So, moving on. Next 10 minutes, what can we do? Well, I would suggest you get his word, and you begin to read his word, and you let his word feed you as you communicate with God, because you need fed You need spiritual vitamins, you need to drink, you need to feed yourself, because man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Deuteronomy 8, verse 3. So, pick up your Bible for a few moments, a few minutes. Read the Psalms, praise, worship, Read Proverbs if you want wisdom. Read the Gospels for the life of Jesus. Read the Epistles for lessons for churches. Read Genesis if you want to know what happened in the beginning. If you want to know what happens at the end of the book, read Revelation. Spend some time in God's work, and He will speak to you. Last 10 minutes. See how quickly an hour goes? Last 10 minutes. Listen. Meditate. On the word that you've read, listen to the worship song for the words in that. Meditate on the words. Let it feed your spirit. God speaks today. He doesn't just listen. So make your prayer life, make this hour a dialogue, not a monologue. Because he has a word for you. And he, so often, I just picture God wanting to speak. And these people, you ever been in a company or something like that? I've got to jump in somehow. You understand? 
So often as Christians, that's what we're like with God. You know, give him space. Because just one word, you know that phrase, one word from the king changes everything? Literally true. Just one word. If you could come into your hour this coming week and you get one word, just one word, a supernatural word, one word from heaven, that's worth as many hours as you want to devote to it. And he wants to speak a Rima word, a now word for you. So when you decide to pray and when you decide to follow through with it as a decision for your life, your future and your destiny, destiny literally changes. What does it change to? Well, it, change, it changes to basically what God wants for your life. <laughs> I mean, any fool should want that. The person who created me has a plan for my life. Why wouldn't I want to fall into plan, into that plan? So fall into spiritual alignment with him. And when you begin to pray, your destiny begins to come to you. Rather than us always seeking our destiny, seeking and peeking and knocking down doors and banging down doors that are not meant to be banged down. Because I want to make it. I want to be it. I've got to have it. And what happens is, as we begin to spend time with God, things supernaturally begin to happen. Our vision opens up before us. The fulfillment in life begins to appear in front of you because prayer, I'll say this, underline it, prayer actually works. It actually, I think sometimes we don't believe it. We think, well, yeah, yeah. But prayer actually works because your faith begins to grow, your walk begins to deepen, and the supernatural in your life begins to happen. It does, honestly. Well, I don't see it. Even if you don't see it, even if you don't see it, it's there. You become uh, a history maker, not a history receiver. You see, we're sent here to become history makers. You became a Christian to make history, to leave something, to leave a heritage to the next generation. You see, if we get a bigger building, and when we get a bigger building, I should say, <laughs> slight difference, when we get a bigger building, it won't be for my generation. It'll be us being history makers for the next generation. Somebody counted up the other day there, there's a potential, I think, of about 40 kids who are here on a Sunday morning. 40. 40. Just think what. Some of you are thinking, I know, I've got three of them. <laughs> Four, 40. But we want to become history makers. And if you're going to become a history maker, you'll be one yourself, but you've got to do it through your children and your grandchildren. So we're going to listen to a song by Martin Smith, Delirious. And he's got a song called History Maker. So we're going to put the words up and we're going to listen to the song. As you listen to the song, I want you to read the words. Is it true today that when people pray, cloudless skies will break, kings and queens will shake? Yes, it's true, and I believe it. So let's look at the words, listen to the music, and then I'll finish off after that. Is it true today? 
them to you just to emphasize the truth in them. Is it true today that when people pray, is it true today that when the Freedom Center prays, cloudless skies will break, kings and queens will shake? Yes, it's true, and we believe it. I'm living for you. Is it true today that when people pray, we'll see dead men rise and the blind set free? Yes, it's true, and I believe it. I'm living for you. I'm going to be a history maker in this land. I'm going to be a speaker of truth to all mankind. I'm going to stand. I'm going to run into your arms, into your arms, into your arms, 
Again, well, it's true today that when people stand with the fire of God and the truth in hand, we'll see miracles, we'll see angels sing, we'll see broken hearts making history. Yes, it's true, and I believe it, we're living for you. What a statement. What a prophetic statement. What a statement that you need to make and I need to make this week. Don't watch the words on the screen. Don't listen to the song. Speak it out. I'm going to be a history maker. I can't be your history maker. You can't be my history maker. But if ever we needed history makers, we needed them today in our world, in our county, in our city, and in our land. We need people to speak up truth. Because let me tell you, the church isn't speaking truth. The church is going, yeah, the wind's blowing that way. And we're not called to be that. We're called to be apostles. We're called to be prophets. We're called to be evangelists. And the only way you're going to be able to do that is if you begin to really take hold of God and begin to pray. So your structure of your hour might be different from my structure. I'm not really that bothered. But put some of these ingredients into your hour. Praise and worship, 15 minutes. Confession, 10 minutes. Daily bread, 15 minutes, read his word, 10 minutes, listen and meditate, 10 minutes, and your hour has gone. Even at one or two or three or four or five in the morning, gone just as quick as that. And I guarantee you, some of you are going to find that when you've taken an hour and you've got into the sort of system I've suggested, you'll find, do you know, I'll just keep going a bit longer. Let's listen to that song again. Let's, uh, I really get into that chapter. Let me see, there's more in that chapter that I want to get out of it. So you might spend more time. But if you will have a desire to do this, if you will incorporate some discipline into your life, then you will have a delight in God's presence. And you will put a smile on his face as you spend time with him. See, grandchildren, they come your face lights up because they've arrived and you see them. Your children, when at the beginning they're a nuisance, and then they drive you nuts, and then, and then they come home. And then you, th- you can't, get rid of, can't get rid of them fast enough, and then you can't get them back quick enough because you wonder where they, <laughs> where they are. God wants you to come into his presence and begin to praise him and thank him for all that he's done for us. If you want a reminder of what I've said today, some of the ingredients, then listen to the podcast. If you want some of the names, see what I've done in my Bible, which is a very practical thing, there on, the, on this side, all the names of Jehovah. So when I have needs, or I, want a, I feel to pray in a particular way, I come to Jehovah Shalom, I come to Jehovah Jireh, I come to Jehovah Rohi, whatever the attributes of God I'm calling upon, he's there for me. And you call him by his name. You want my attention? Shout, Jack. I'll turn around. And God's the exact same. Call him by his name. For more information about our church or to access more of our resources, please visit thefreedomcenter.com.